This podcast is brought to you by the Kansas Hospital Association. Welcome to today's episode of Plain Spoken. This is Jennifer Finley uh, with the Kansas Hospital Association. And with me today, I have two representatives from Healthcare Associates Credit Union, Jamie Hartman and Jennifer Kleinhens. Uh, thank you to both of you for being with us today and sharing some information about this new partnership that we have developed with you through the Kansas Hospital Association. And also I'm really excited that we're gonna be able to give folks some insights as we move out of COVID-19, staying in our houses and starting to think about getting back into the world, how we spend money and how we think thoughtfully about spending that money. But I wanna start out by just asking you guys to share a little bit about who HACU is and that relationship that you have with KHA. Thank you so much for having us. We're so thrilled to be here and uh, we appreciate the relationship that we have with KHA. Um, I'll go ahead, this is Jennifer Kleinhans. I'm gonna go ahead and start with just sharing a little bit about who Healthcare Associates Credit Union is. HACU was actually founded back in 1979 by the Illinois Health and Hospital Association so that their member hospitals would be able to have a financial institution that they could turn to that was sensitive to the needs of those who serve and support healthcare. Well, fast forward more than 40 years, um, and we have today expanded to beyond Illinois. We're actually serving all 50 states and have partnerships with not only many state associations like KHA, but also the American Hospital Association and ASHRA, which is the American Society for Healthcare Human Resource Administrators. Um, we are by healthcare for healthcare. It's a really simple um, idea that those who are in healthcare have a higher calling for their occupation. And what we do is, is that we're very sensitive to those needs and we bank the way that people in healthcare actually live day to day. It's a 24 seven environment. We're very sensitive to those needs offering extremely low loan rates and extremely high savings rates. Our board is a voluntary board made up of people who are actively in healthcare or recently retired from healthcare. And we work with our healthcare administrators um, like their HR department or their senior leadership team to develop products and services that are appealing to those in healthcare. So it really is kind of unique. Um, a little bit about credit unions. Credit unions are actually not-for-profit. So um, very similar stance to a lot of the associations. We actually don't have owners, we have members and our members are owners. Where the differences with banks and financial institutions are banks are for profit. They have to make a profit off of their customers. And those customers are the people who are everyday account holders and then those profits become profit shared and paid out as dividends to owners and shareholders. So for us, we do all of our actions with the member in mind, which is why we have such low rates for saving for uh, for lending and such high rates for savings. So um, even if you don't belong to our credit union, I highly encourage you to take a look at local credit unions around you because it's one of America's best kept secrets when it comes to finances, right, Jamie? Absolutely, I completely agree. So just to make sure that I'm understanding this correctly, any of our members here in uh, Kansas that work at a hospital could access and use HACU um, as their credit union or new institution. You absolutely can. Anybody that is a, affiliated with KHA or KHHRA, either one, 
are already eligible for membership. We have founded a wonderful membership with KHA and KHHRA and our membership and partnership with you guys allows our services to be available today for anybody okay. out there. Well, that's great. Now, I know from spending a little bit of time with both of you um, that you have a lot of expertise in the world of just thinking about personal finance. And that's a topic that I think every single person listening to this podcast has questions about and could benefit from some inside advice. So I'm going to take advantage of having you here and that you know more than I do about this topic and probably have some special tips that you can share with folks. And wanted to talk just a little bit about maybe how spending habits have changed during COVID. I know mine certainly have. Um, I used to be very much an impulse shopper. So I would go into the grocery store with my very specific list and walk out with probably twice as much as what I had intended to purchase because I saw things that looked cool uh, and decided I wanted to try them. Shopping online and through an app is a lot different. Uh, it takes more effort. It takes more energy. So I have found that I am being a little bit more uh, restrictive sometimes in what I buy. But then I've also found that certain apps and certain programs have a minimum purchase requirement. So then at the last minute, you're trying to get to that $35 threshold so you don't have to pay the delivery fee or the pickup fee or whatever it is. So I still sometimes scoot those extra things into my cart just to avoid some of those extra costs. So in a general sense, how do you think COVID has changed the way that folks spend money? I do think we are definitely moving away from cash. Um, if you even go into a lot of stores for a while, you were seeing signs requesting no cash if possible. They wouldn't necessarily tell you absolutely not, but they might um, encourage you. They definitely want the cards. The touchless payments are also becoming huge right now. And the ability to just put your phone close and pay has become a very big deal also. So it, I think we were seeing a little even heavier move towards plastic. I won't say we weren't moving towards plastic beforehand. We were, but a hard push. There was even a shortage of coins for a while uh, because of lack of circulation. So it, it was a difference. I love that you brought up the minimum purchases and not doing um, as much impulse buying. Sometimes I love grocery delivery. I fell in love with it through COVID. I actually hate going, having to walk through the grocery store now, and I used to not mind it. I do find that it's a little bit more expensive sometimes to get the groceries, but I don't do all the impulse buying and I don't have my kids there throwing stuff into the cart. So that's another one too. You're not hitting those end caps that have the sale on chips you don't really need or whatever the case may be. Um, so I do think our habits have changed a little bit. Um, well, we may have eaten out. I think a lot of people did not eat out as much, especially in the beginning. We're moving a little bit more towards going to restaurants or getting that. I know a lot of people would try to support local restaurants by doing maybe one dinner a week from a local restaurant. Um, but we started cooking a lot again. So our patterns in that did change. You actually had to have the groceries on hand, but maybe you weren't eating out as much. So it, it I love to say budgets are not a one-time thing. And this was a great example of how a budget is not a one-time thing. What we were paying for 
was completely different. I paid an absurd amount of money for a slip and slide at the beginning of last summer because my children were driving me crazy and it was something to put them outside and go do outside. I never would have bought this expensive slip and slide before, but they didn't have their sports. They didn't have things going on. So it was a way to get them outside and get them active. So I think a lot of us have really seen these twists and turns in how our life managed our money in the last year. I'm seeing a little bit of a evening out these days. It's getting a little closer, but I think we learned that one, you have to know where your money is going and you have to be prepared to shift that. And you have to know how to go back and look at where your money is going. So you're prepared for these kinds of changes. So let's talk a little bit about that, where your money's going, because this occurred to me just the other day. I got a brand new credit card in the mail, which is actually one of those touchless cards. They updated my card, so now I can just wave it over the little pad at the register. Um, but my husband said, do we need to change that on things that are connected to the card? He goes, well, there probably aren't that many, so it's not that big a deal. And I said, oh, you have no idea. COVID has completely changed our world. I mean, my credit card is in so many apps and tied to so many accounts now that it's insane. And I started thinking about that. I'm not sure I really have a good handle until I get that credit card bill about how I've truly used that card. Because when you pay for something on an app, at least to me, it doesn't really feel like you're spending money. Um, and I, you know, I had started to kind of notice that with Starbucks before everything shut down, it was pretty easy to just wave your phone past that little scanner and get your drink and not really think uh, about what you were doing. That, that action of taking your credit card out of your wallet and actually handing it to somebody makes a kind of psychological connection, at least for me, that I was still spending money. But now when I'm on my phone and I buy stuff through Amazon or ordering groceries or DoorDash or any of the million things that I do on a regular basis, I'm not sure I'm paying a lot of attention. So any tips on how to kind of get yourself back in the mode of you've really got to start to pay attention to what you're doing? There definitely are some ways you can pay attention. I love to call it the 999 rule. For some reason, things that are under about $10 roughly we just kind of swipe those cards or wave the phone very easily and forget about it. And we don't add up how many of those transactions we do in a day, a week, a month, but it adds up. Oh, $7.99 for lunch today. Oh, well, that's not that bad. But it was $6.99 for lunch the day before, $7.99 for lunch the day before that. And we don't add up how much money is actually trickling out all month long from these little easy transactions that we do. We just swipe, swipe, swipe. My biggest tip during our seminars that I usually give, it is not fun, but if somebody has not actually pulled a physical paper bank statement in the past six to 12 months, absolutely do so. It will be completely eye-opening on 14 pages of little 3.99, 4.99 transactions that you just don't even realize you're doing. You know, um, your child's throwing a fit, so you let them throw a candy bar in. Yeah, trust me, and I'm not throwing stones because I've completely been there and done that. But we don't realize how much those little things are adding up in a month. And if we actually looked at them in front of us, a lot of us don't do that anymore. We used to get a paper statement every single month 
that you would open up and glance at. And what was that? It was a long list of checks usually that people would see. Now that we've gone to online statements, a lot of people don't download it and print it and actually look at how many transactions are within there. And this could be a credit card statement too. So I'm saying bank statement, but this would be the same for a credit card statement. Actually download it and look at all the transactions, but it's very eye-opening. Um, on top of doing that, I always challenge people to spend one week writing down every single penny they spent. It is not fun at all. I don't pretend it is, but it is incredibly eye-opening to somebody on how many little transactions they do that they completely forget about. You think you have a handle on how much you spend a day or a week, but realistically, if we say, well, my incidental spending should be about 40 days a week. If you really tracked that for a week, would it be $40 or would it be 60 or 70? Because those little transactions added up and we don't realize it. Uh, so thinking about COVID, again, uh, lots of talk recently about how prices are going up. Well, first we had a supply, ch supply chain issue in the beginning. I think we're still seeing supply chain issues in certain areas. Uh, chicken, for example, I keep hearing that we're going to run out of chicken. I'm hopeful that since we're in Kansas in the middle of the agricultural world, we won't be impacted as much as some parts of the country. Um, but with that supply shortage comes increased prices. And uh, how do we plan for this inflation if that's not something that we're used to? Because we've been very fortunate here in the U.S. that we haven't had a lot of that over the past couple of years. How does that overall impact somebody's life? Because I think it's, again, one of those unconscious things that just happens and we really don't have any idea how it's impacting the big picture. That's a really great question. And there's so many different factors. Um, we, when we initially had COVID impact us last year, we had manufacturing organizations shut down. So you're going to start to see the ripple effect. We felt the initial pain, of course, of having, you know, agriculture impacted and things like that. The toilet paper shortage, hand sanitizer, Lysol wipes, things like that. But you're now starting to see that trickle effect. Like for instance, Lysol wipes are now coming in these baggies as opposed to the plastic containers. And that's because the plastic containers, there's an element in those that they're actually using for the um, COVID vaccine caps. So it is actually, they're pulling things in order to create you know, demand for all of this, uh, you know, the new vaccines and, and being able to transport those safely to people. But it's incredible, the supply and demand. What couple of the things that you're going to start to hear lumber, lumber has ju jumped up more than 60% from cost perspective from last year to this year, I've got a friend who is in the building business. And he said, the same deck that cost you, you know, $800 last year is now going to cost you over $3,000 this year. And that's because lumber shortages. You also have things like chlorine for pools. Just like Jamie said, everyone was trying to create that ultimate staycation environment at their home. And unfortunately, everybody got all these pools and chlorine manufacturing just wasn't able to keep up. So there are going to be certain items that we're going to see. Pet food is being impacted because the pet food manufacturing companies didn't create and have enough supply in order to kind of have, you know, feed through. So we're starting to see dips and shortages. And I think that that 
in combination with the new administration creates a lot of um, financial volatility. Obviously, if you watch the markets, you know, you're going up and down, up and down, depending on the day. But it is, um, and while it's hard to prepare, we always try to say, you know, make the list of all the things that you absolutely need. It's important that if you have things like medication and stuff like that, you have like an extra set of them. If you have prescription medications, many times you can reach out to your insurance company and they'll pay for an additional one so you have a backup. You can look to um, setting up um, automatic ships. So for instance, people during the pandemic last year who were receiving shipments of Lysol wipes and toilet paper automatically through their Amazon subscribe and saves because those orders had already been allocated and fulfilled. So really kind of seeing like, what are the things that I really need? How do I make sure that I've got them? And just maintaining a healthy supply of them at home if you can. Um, the other thing is, is that as tempting as it is to give in to some of those price gougers, um, when you were seeing Lysol, a single bottle that goes for like $3.99 for like $40, don't give in to the scalpers. Those people are absolutely looking to make their money. And unfortunately, people in desperate times will do that kind of behavior. So um, you just have to be aware that the more money that you spend, the more you encourage them, the harder it gets to be. Um, I think you're going to see a lot of companies redesigning existing products. We just talked about the Lysol wipes. Something that's really relevant if you've got teenagers is that PlayStation 5. The PlayStation 5 was the biggest, hottest thing. And because of their semiconductor, um, they actually ended up having to completely redo it because there were materials in the semiconductor that were being pulled. And they can't get those manufactured chips from you know, overseas anymore. So what happens is, is that they're redesigning it and they're gonna re-release a place, a new PlayStation 5 2.0 in 2022 because they can't make any more of the ones um, that they've currently released because of those supply shortages. So I think you're gonna see that electronics are gonna feel that. Um, and I think that a lot of people still don't understand that um, these ripples are still coming down the supply chain. And we've yet to see a lot of these um, kind of hit us. Um, with the chicken, I think that we're always going to have supply. It's just what's the demand for that. So just be smart about your purchases. Kind of look and say, if something is on sale, is this something that I would use? Learn to freeze things, learn to, um, you know, can and jar, because I think all of those things are really good behaviors. And those are the kinds of behaviors that our great grandparents did and our grandparents did. And I think that we as a society have become so disposable. And so instant Amazon Prime, I need it here now, um, that we want that instant satisfaction and gratification. And I don't know about you guys, but I'll go online and I'll be like, ooh, look at something, drop it in my cart. And if I have to pay shipping, I'm actually offended. <laughs> So I always look for, you know, just like you add like that extra bottle of like, you know, um, you know, cookies or, 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 you know, like extra thing of cheese or, or chips or something to, to your cart in order to hit that minimum to get that free delivery. When I look at things like that, I'm like, oh, and then there's always the effect of it looks like it's free delivery, but it's not going to arrive till, you know, two months from now. So it's just kind of being aware. Um, and I think that really you just have to focus on safety. I think that anything that your family needs to be safe, you should make sure you have enough of because if for some reason there's any kind of shortage on things like, you know, um, 
toilet paper again. You want to make sure that you've got great alternatives. I know a lot of people who've researched the alternatives from toilet paper, got the days and things like that. So really kind of re-examine your life and say, what are we looking at? What are we using? And how do we use this? So that's a great idea. <clears throat> that would make things, uh, at least it gives you a plan and something to think about without panic buying, uh, which I think we all probably did a little bit of in the beginning of the shutdown. Yeah. I could talk to you guys forever because I think you have lots of great advice and tips. Uh, one thing I am curious for the, our folks listening that are interested in what kinds of services you have available, where can they go to find out more information? Do you have a website um, and what's available on that website? We do HACU.org. Again, that's HACU.org. Very simple to get to. We'll talk about all of our products and services available. It will also walk you in to Enrich, which is a free comprehensive financial education and wellness website that is totally free and confidential for anybody listening to use. So not only can you find products and services, you can even find education that will help you use the, those products and services the best way possible doesn't help to have something if you don't know how to use it. So we really try to combine the education with the product. Well, I, oh, I was going to mention too with Jamie, I know that a lot of people have concerns around accessing credit unions and your money being local. Um, credit unions are a great secret because most of them participate in something called shared branching. So we actually have for our for our brand for Healthcare Associates Credit Union, we have access to 5,600 branches nationwide and access to 75,000 surcharge free ATMs all over the United States. So it really is, it gives um, a lot of credit unions have more um, power from a regional perspective than most of the larger banks. So that's something great. And then with Enrich, the nice thing is, is you don't have to be a member of our credit union to use it and access it. I tell people, tell your kids about this because you can speak to certified financial counselors and you can chat with them, you can send them an email, you can call them, and it's completely free, confidential, and you can find out everything from how do I prepare for a new baby, for how do I prepare for retirement with the markets being so volatile. Hey, I'm interested in finding out if I have a good interest rate on my mortgage. So all of the questions that you have from a financial perspective, and Rich can help with, as can people at HACU. So um, it really is knowledge is power. And that's the biggest thing is that the relationship between KHA is providing this to healthcare workers in Kansas. And I think that that's so important and amazing um, that that relationship that you, that KHA does not only the advocacy, but also knows that you want to provide things that are going to benefit your, the employees of your member hospitals. So. Well, ladies, I appreciate you spending some time with us sharing this information. Uh, it sounds like going out to the website would open my eyes to some other things that I probably haven't thought about and would be useful to me. Uh, we do appreciate your support of the association, and I want to let folks know that we're excited to announce that HACU has joined KHA as a Silver Level sponsor. So they're helping underwrite our education and other services that we provide out to all of you as members. So thank you very much for that. Oh, thank you. We're thrilled about the new partnership. I want to thank everybody for joining this episode of Plain Spoken. Uh, be on the lookout for future episodes. For more information on Kansas health issues, go to kha-net.org.